Welcome to the Becoming Ammon podcast, a podcast designed to help young men and women prepare for their missions so that they not only survive, but thrive while on them. I'm your host, Stephen J. Hakes, as well as author of the book, Becoming Ammon, the philosophy of personal development for becoming the ultimate missionary. All right, so today we're going to try to break down or define a hardworking missionary. And we'll say hardworking missionary um, because, as we've talked about before, hard work is sacrifice or thoughtful hard work is sacrifice. And um, a person, the person or the missionary who sacrifices the most probably serves the best mission. So let's start off. We'll look at a couple different types of return missionaries that I've seen, and uh, maybe you can relate to this as well. Um, you most likely have heard return missionaries tell stories of how hard they worked on their missions, um, the legends who knocked on every door in the entire city. Interestingly enough, that seems to be all they talk about. They might have a few stories of the people they taught, but they largely view their missions as a time when they did really hard work. There's another group of return missionaries, and they're the ones that talk about the experiences they had, uh, the tears they shed, the unbreakable bonds of friendship they created, and the people whose lives were touched, and including their own. The two vastly different perspectives, though, they kind of beg the question that who served the better mission or who sacrificed more, who worked harder? And with all our discussion about the importance of hard work, uh, it would appear that the first group of return missionaries sacrificed more, um, therefore serving the better missions. But as we know, appearances can be deceiving. So let me let me have you ask yourself some questions. Um, have you ever related a story to someone and found yourself emphasizing how hard you thought you worked? Why did you do it? It was most likely because you wanted validation or recognition for your efforts. But now think of a time when, you know, you absolutely gave something your all. I mean, like you put your whole heart and soul into it. It could be a sporting event, um, a project or anything else. But how do you share this kind of experience? Regardless of the outcome, I'm going to bet money that you don't talk about how hard you worked. And instead, you're probably going to talk about how, you know, um, how it made you feel. You're going to share what you learned and how much it meant to you. And uh, that's because you receive the satisfaction of a good job by how you felt inside. And you don't have to go looking for it by trying to elicit the praise of others. So with that in mind, with kind of some reflection, some intros introspective reflection on why we, why we would talk about hard work and realizing it's often to find outward validation, um, which missionary do you think works harder, the first group or the second group? The ones who talk about how hard they worked or the ones who talk about the people they came to love, what they learned and how their missions made them feel. It can be very tempting to seek recognition from others, but luckily the Lord has made it so that when we truly do our best, we get our reward, not only from the blessings earned, but also by how he makes us feel inside. So growth procured by earnest effort is always blessed by the divine hand. The reason I bring this up is to help change everyone's mindset and kind of redefine how we view hard work. 
Um, hard work on a mission is not mindlessly drudging up and down the streets, being rejected all day long. Because, uh, I mean, that's a very common form of missionary work that you'll find. It's a form of mindless work which claims to be founded in sacrifice, but it's really just an imposter because real hard work qualifies as a sacrifice when you invest your whole soul and being into what you're doing. It starts with thinking. Here's a quote from uh, Henry Ford, uh, which I put in the book and I really like. It says, thinking is the hardest work there is, which is probably the reason so few engage in it. Uh, so let me continue by asking you a question. Do you know why thinking is so crucial to your mission? Well, the answer is because if your thoughts are, I mean, there's several, but like if your thoughts are fully focused on the work, your heart is in constant prayer. And as Amulek said in Alma 34:27, Yea, and when you do not cry unto the Lord, let your hearts be full, drawn out in prayer unto him continually for your welfare, and also for the welfare of those who are around you. Like, seriously, what better way to receive guidance from the Lord than to be in constant communion with him? So this is why you must, like, must develop the ability to think. Sad to say, as Henry Ford alluded to, most of us have not developed that ability um, because modern society offers so many comforts and the things to distract ourselves with uh, that there's almost no need to think about anything at all because we can be entertained all of the time. I want to bring in um, a little story uh, from, from the book The Little Prince, which I have referenced earlier. Um, this is chapter 14 and I want to read a little bit of it to you. It's, uh, so yet again, I'll remind you that the little prince is traveling around to different planets. He's already visited a couple people. I talked about the businessman who was counting the stars and putting them in the bank to own them. Um, so this is the fifth planet. Um, and I'll just read it. So the fifth planet was very odd. It was the smallest of them all. There was just enough room for a lamppost and a lamplighter. The little prince simply could not understand the need for a lamppost and a lamplighter on a planet that had no houses and no people. Still, he reflected, this man may be absurd, but he's less absurd than the king, the show-off, the businessman, or the drunkard. At least his job has a purpose. When he lights his lamp, it's as though he's creating an, another star or a flower. When he puts out his lamp, he sends the flower or the star to sleep. It's a very nice job. It's really useful because it's nice. As he approached the planet, he greeted the lamplighter politely. Hello, why have you just put out your lamp? Those are my orders, replied the lamplighter. Hello, what are your orders? To put out my lamp. Good night. And he relit it. But why have you just relit it? Those are my orders, replied the lamplighter. I don't understand, said the little prince. There's nothing to understand, said the lamplighter. Orders are orders. Hello. And he put out his lamp. Then he mopped his forehead with a red-checked uh, red handkerchief. My job is terribly hard. It used to be simple. I'd put out the lamp in the morning and light it in the evening. I had the rest of the day to relax and the rest of the night to sleep. And have your orders changed? My orders haven't changed, said the lamplighter, and that's the problem. Each year the planet spins faster and faster, but my orders haven't changed. So, the little prince said, uh, so now the planet resolves once a minute. I don't have a moment's rest. I light the lamp and I put it out once a minute. 
That's funny. The days on your planet last a minute? That's not funny at all, said the lamplighter. We've already been chatting for a month. A month? Yes, 30 minutes, 30 days. Good night, and he relit, relit the lamp. The little prince watched him, and he liked this lamplighter, who carried out his orders so faithfully. He thought of the sunsets on his own planet, which he used to watch by simply moving his chair, and he wanted to help his friend. You know, I can think of a way you could rest when you wanted to. I want to rest all the time, said the lamplighter. Strangely enough, a person can be both faithful to their job and lazy at the same time. The little prince went on. Your planet is so tiny that you can walk around it in three strides. All you need to do is walk slowly, so you're always in the sun when you want to rest. Uh, when you want to rest, you walk, and the daylight will last as long as you want it to. That doesn't help much, said the lamplighter. What I like best is sleeping. That is bad luck, said the little prince. That is bad luck, said the lamplighter. Hello, and he put out his lamp. As the little prince continued on his journey, he reflected that all the others, the king, the show-off, the drunkard, and the businessman, would look down on this man. And yet he's the only person I don't find ridiculous. Maybe it's because he's looking after something other than himself. So, I felt when I read that the first time, it was after my mission, that it just screamed the vast majority of those hard-working missionaries who really they they did their duty diligently and they basically said you know if you ask them those are the orders I, I mean they wouldn't say it but that's why they did it right is they did that work because they were asked to do it because they were told to do it. it was what they were required to do and did it faithfully but did it with the attitude that you'll see with this lamplighter where they're just tired and they just want to rest but as soon as you ask them to turn on their brain and start thinking and thinking of creative ways to do things better or to, um, and, and what's crazy is it would be like walking around the planet if you come up with a new idea, you know, and you can get a small rest, but they just, they, they just want to play video games or sleep or what, you know, it's, it's very similar. If it doesn't make sense now, once you get on your mission, I think you'll find a lot of examples of people who emulate this lamplighter. And I think we see that in a lot of people in their daily jobs too. And just, uh, it seems to be a very common occurrence. So don't, don't allow yourself to be fooled by the mindless drudgery of hard work and to be deceived into thinking that is what the Lord wants and that is sacrifice because really it's it's not and if we don't cultivate the ability to think before embarking on a mission then it's going to be a difficult learning curve uh, unfortunately some choose to never develop this skill um, these are the missionaries who occupy themselves with the same activities day in and day out, kind of the lamp lighting or the knocking on doors. And to them, thinking is more difficult than countless hours of walking, knocking, and rejection. Eventually, they can become somewhat numb to rejection and just fall into routine. And you definitely don't want that because then your mission becomes difficult and it's like it's like the lamplighter you're not you're not realizing that yeah maybe you're fulfilling your task but 
you're supposed to get more out of it than just filling the task. You can learn so much. You can make those relationships with people. There's, there's so much to be gained from doing this work. And that's not just in achieving or accomplishing the task which has been given. And if you don't think, then you're going to miss out on so much of it. And you're going to not be fulfilled and be like those missionaries who have to talk about how hard they worked simply because that's your only way of feeling fulfilled when thinking about how you spent two years doing that. But if you fully invest yourself, that's when you will get the reward and it'll be during the time. It'll be while you're serving and not only after when you're gloating about how many doors you knocked on or how, how much sacrifice you made. Um, so don't be fooled by that, the lingo and also by the idea that hard equals sacrifice or difficult, something that's not easy because true hard work yet again, as we defined is, is always involved with thinking.